Broadcasting live from the KSHP studios in the heart of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's time to get on the right side of sports betting. It's time for the Odds Couple. Welcome to the Odds Couple. My name is Scott Pritchard. I'm a professional sports better handicapper. This show is about sports betting and how we can put money into your pocket. I'm joined, as always, by Brett Grant. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Scott. Good to see you. Happy to be back. I just got back from Anaheim watching the Astros embarrass the Los Angeles Angels. We're going to delve into some baseball. They might not be done embarrassing them. Well, I know they play play, again tonight, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so the Houston Astros with a $27 million payroll, the lowest in all of baseball. The Angels at home, $148.5 million payroll. 3-0, 0-3 against the Houston Astros. Houston can't hit. Houston can't hit. They can't pitch. But but they they look good. The Angels. No doubt. Well, the interesting thing is, well, you take their entire payroll, that's pretty much Josh Hamilton or Albert Poulos' salary for the season, one or the other. And the Astros this week, 6-1 this week are the Astros. Yeah, they're actually. As huge dogs. Right, exactly. Getting anywhere from 230 to 250 to 260. We know if you're betting baseball, I've been singing this song for quite some time. I'm a dog player. I'd like to say I was on the Astros. I I played the Angels on the run line. Obviously, you don't want to lay 240, 250, 260, but I'm there in the spirit of the game. I laid one and a half, expecting that the Angels would win. And the fact that they're a pretty good over team, knowing that we run scored, that a home run hitting team that they would win by two runs or more. So instead of laying 260, which I would never do, I laid the one and a half and laid 20 cents on the one day, laid 14 cents the next day, lost both. The the unfortunate thing was you can imagine if I won by one run, I would have lost by a a half run. So that would have been kind of annoying. But the Houston Astros, I mean, hypothetically, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, if you bet $1,000 on the Astros, you'd be up about $7,500 net today. And they play again tonight. The Anaheim Angels. I don't know. The Angels manager, I'm trying to think why this guy continues to get a free pass. They have, they're locked and loaded every year in regards to talent. They're in the top five every year as far as what they shell out in free agency signings. And yet, they have not done anything since 2003. That's a good point. And when you go back to the Rally Monkey and, and that team in those years, and they beat the Giants in a, in a wonderful World Series. But you're right. Since then, they've Artie Moreno has spent a lot of money. They've improved the ballpark. They've improved everything about the franchise except what we're seeing uh, at the, at the, as the end result. The Rangers passed them up. Last year, the A's and the Rangers passed them up. And right now, uh, they're struggling once again. And Mike Sosha, who's been there for a long time, probably one of the most tenured managers in baseball right now. If, he's, if maybe Jim Leland has been around longer in the American League, but I really can't think of anybody else that might have been a manager longer currently in baseball than Mike Sosha. Uh, and you wonder, every, every manager has a shelf life. How long will it be before the players stop listening, he stops being effective, and we talk about Don Mattingly a little bit uh, in the last couple of weeks, the manager of the Dodgers, how he's been on the hot seat. Mike Sosha, of course, was a great Dodger. Uh, wouldn't be shocking to see uh, both those guys lose their jobs and Sosha go north to Los Angeles. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Both teams, high-profile teams, the Dodgers, the Angels, projected to be the favorites in the American League to win the pennant and in the National League to win the pennant. It's just one of those things, my friend, where money does not equate 
two wins on the field. Well, yesterday, by the way, and I, don't you yell at me, I did have the Astros plus 240. I'm sorry I didn't call you, but I, but they were had won four in a row, and I'm thinking, why not? And now they've won five in a row, and ironically today, I think the number opened today 175 for the Astros and uh, down to 160. So people are now pounding the Astros. Actually, it today. opened last night at minus 220. Was it that high? And I saw all the money. Last night, but okay. All the money has come in. It opened right. 220 in the islands last night, okay, and then all the, the money islands, this morning 175, and then now, as you say, down 160. So the idea now now might be, I mean, you're getting the Angels at such a cheap price, minus 60 cents. There might be some value there. But hey, my friend, never apologize for being on a big fat dog. I mean, long yeah. term, you're going to do extremely well. This is just another perfect example but again going to the game i can't i really felt the angels would win but what does that mean it's like right. you can't lay 260 i mean no, anyone can do that so that's why i laid the one and a half but i'm happy for you and i mean that was a good smart bet and in retrospect being a dog player i'm going to the game why would i not right so it was a really uh, i'm upset a little annoyed because it was a golden opportunity and I didn't take advantage. <laughs> right. How many times did you go into a game where you got that much of a mismatch? But it's not just that particular series, Scott. There was, you know, the Mets were big underdogs to the Yankees in their Subway series, and the Mets won all three games. Um, and I, I was looking yesterday uh, with regards to the amount of, it's so far through the season, favorites versus dogs overall. And it's about 53% favorites to 46.5 to the dogs. And if you're if you're getting big dogs like that, forty six and a half percent is making money. Well, you're making serious money. Right. If if you if the underdogs are winning forty seven percent of the time, you are a rich B because you're getting plus twenty to eighty to two dollars to plus two twenty. So forty seven percent winning with the dogs straight up is huge and it's why I've been singing a song about baseball for quite some time. I mean, play the dogs. Well, underdogs, overall, for the overall underdogs are undervalued. Overall, for the season, the underdogs for the entire season are about forty-two and a half percent or so for the entire season. But over that last week, they were hitting about forty-six percent or so. So they were they were on fire last week. You're listening to the Odds Couple on KSHP AM fourteen hundred radio. We're live and worldwide on Vegas Video Network. My name is Scott Pritchard. I'm a professional sports better handicapper. Check out my site, Pritchardspicks.com. Some of the information is free, some of it you do have to pay for, but opt in today for free daily picks. That's Pritchardspicks.com. I'm also featured on Vegasinsider.com, one million views per day. And Tim Donahue has a site, the former NBA official refpicks.com. The studio line is open. We would love to hear from you. Questions, comments, concerns, regards to sports, sports betting, feel free to call 702-221-7283. That's 221-7283. Live chat up and running as we speak. Let's keep on keeping on with what say you? Game 7. It's amazing. It comes down to one game, one time. Pro basketball Started Halloween night, October 31st, and here we are, winner take all, to earn the right to take on the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA Finals for 2013. Are the Spurs still around? They are. The <laughs> Miami Heat at home, favored by seven points, hosting the Indiana Pacers. The total for this game is 181. What say you? Well, you talk about a, a horse race. Where the two teams have two horses have entered the final 100 yards, and they are neck and neck. I mean, each team is two and one uh, on their home floor. Each team is one on the road. The Pacers could have won twice. 
We have a little bit of drama, a little bit of controversy, a little bit of fining. We got everything we want in this series. We got Birdman and and Psycho Hansborough going at it. We got Roy Hibbard calling people names and, and dropping F-bombs in the press conference. We got a hockey series. <laughs> this is great. I mean, I'm not a big NBA fan. You know this. But I'm interested in this series because we have got some ancillary things going on uh, to make it more interesting for me. We've got a superstar with his back to the wall. I will be interested to see how LeBron and the Heat come out tonight. With Let's face it, Scott, the pressure of the entire world is on the Miami Heat tonight. And, I, and a complete free roll for the Indiana Pacers. I could not agree with that assessment more. Because the Miami Heat, again, no one, no one's talking about the fact they went 45-4 and four because no one cares. All right, the Miami, the Indiana Pacers, I guarantee they don't care. Right. Jimmy cracked corn and they don't care. Well, there was a great line in the movie Moneyball where, uh, you know, uh, Billy Bean's character played by what's his name, uh, Brad Pitt, says to Art Howe, he's Art Art's complaining because he won 102 games and it's odd he doesn't have a new contract. He said, Art, if you lose the last game of the year, nobody gives a crap. <laughs> and that's where we are. And it's the same thing. Nobody cares what you did in the regular season. It's all about the team with the ring at the end of the season. And we've seen, though, with the Heat, you know, Dwayne Wade has not been great in this series. Uh, Chris Bosh at times has been neutralized. LeBron's been very good, but it took Udonis Haslam in Game Six to be the difference maker. I thought played a great Game uh, Game. I'm sorry, Game Five played a great Game Five uh, in that series. And then you had the the drama in Game Six. Uh, this is going to be very interesting today. And if you look at this at the spread seven and early money on the Pacers. Uh, people are believing in Indiana a little bit. The early money has come in on the Pacers. It opened seven and a half. There's still a touch of seven and a half, more sevens than seven and a halves. In, but it's, I wouldn't be surprised to see it come down a little bit more. The Miami Heat, I fully expect to win. They're at home. They are the big bullies on the block. But one game situation, obviously anything can happen. I have so much respect for this Indiana Pacer team. They're well coached. They're disciplined. They play good defense. They're like the Chicago Bulls. They're like the Memphis Grizzlies, a field good story no doubt about it I just feel that again talent generally wins but in a one game situation man anything can happen the heat a big big favorite going into this series but now it's basically uh, their three three basket favorite to win tonight's game and and all the pressure and when's the last time that the the heat have been in a situation with game seven on the line. Yes, they're at home, and obviously that's a huge factor. And we talked uh, last time in Game 5 when the Heat are coming off a loss and they're back at home. They're like a perfect 8-0, 9-0 against the spread. And when the Heat win, they win by double digits. When they lose, they don't look too good. Right. And they didn't look good in Game 6. 91-77 at Indiana. I played the Pacers in that game. Plus 3 caught a good number, so I bet numbers, not teams. In regards to the point spread tonight, I don't have an opinion. I mean, I again, I feel like I said in Game 5, I really felt that the Heat would win. It was just a matter of, of how many. Same situation tonight, although I felt much more confident and comfortable with the Heat winning Game 5 going into that game than I do tonight. I respect the Pacers, and as you say, all the pressure, man, is on this Miami right. Heat team. But, you know, they played Game 7 a year ago against the Boston Celtics in, in the playoffs and, and were fortunate to win, and they won the NBA title. Now, they're going for their third consecutive NBA final appearance. The league certainly wants this. But you touched on Wade, Dwayne Wade, not as good as he has been. Right. Wade, his scoring is down. 
All his st- his stats are down considerably. Chris Bosh, his stats down considerably. And I want to talk to you about this, Brett, because LeBron James has been the man, but they're struggling as a team. So LeBron has gone on record as saying that he has reverted back to Cleveland mode. And I'm guessing that means that he feels like he has to do everything himself. But isn't that kind of a dig or a slight to Wade and or Bosh? You would think so. I mean, I, certainly to Dwayne Wade. Maybe not so much to Chris Bosh because he was in Toronto before you know, he was exiled off the island and brought down here into the States. But, I mean, Dwayne Wade obviously was very successful in Miami before LeBron had, had arrived in Miami. Um, but I, I, I can understand his, his mindset thinking that the other guys are struggling. I don't think he means it necessarily as a dig. He knows that Wade is obviously not 100% healthy and that if, if this team's going to advance, he's going to have to take on a bigger burden. And he is still, as much as a great player as Dwayne Wade is, LeBron is still the number one player in the world right now. So the pressure falls on him naturally. It doesn't fall on Birdman, Anderson, and Udonis Haslam and Mario Chalmers. It falls squarely on the shoulders of LeBron James to pick up the slack. Well, now Birdman has been an inspirational leader for this team. He's a freak. He belongs in the circus. But the guy can flat out defend, rebound, and his shooting percentage has been off the hook great because, again, he's getting offensive rebound putbacks or being set up with the pick and roll at point blank range compliments of LeBron James but it's going to be very interesting to see how this is played out tonight well I mean you look at you know the stats on the guys I mean Chris Bosh in game six had five points he made one basket and Dwayne Wade in that game was three for 11 he had 10 points I mean LeBron had 29 but that was that was it I mean obviously those guys have got to have better days you can't get 15 points only from two of the best three players you know, probably two of the best 10 players in the league. Those guys would probably rank, if you rank the players, they're both pretty high up there. Uh, and it, it just goes to show they also even get a lot of bench support uh, as well. Those guys have got to come in and, and chip in with, or somebody has to chip in with some big points because if you're if you're the Pacers, not that you can focus and, and just double down on LeBron and think that nobody else can beat you because there are weapons of guys that can beat you. But if you can contain LeBron, Keep him to that 29, 25 to 30 point range. They go ahead, you're going to get your 25 or 30. But the other guys aren't going to beat us. Then the Pacers have a very good chance to win the game tonight. Forget the spread. They got a shot to win the game. Now you're just talking crazy. Just, they, have a, <laughs> they have a shot. You're to talking win. like a man who has a future on the Pacers at I, 15 to 1 to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling for you. I they hope. Have it, a yeah, shot I hope. To win. I really don't think so. I really, like I said in game five, and like I said, Golden State had no shot. Of course, I said the Warriors had no shot at beating the Nuggets. That's why they shaved my head on the air here. Exactly. But I'm not afraid to be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. And in this case, I just think, again, home court advantage, proven winner. Although I respect the Pacers, man. They bring the energy. They bring the effort. They play good, sound defense. But, again, I think the heat, the the, the bigger, here's a concern. There's a little bit of, we have some problems in Miami. There, a lot of backbiting. And I'm talking Wade, Bosh, James. I mean, Wade now is saying that, hey, listen, I need more touches. I need more touches, and so does Chris. So that's a dig, counter dig. You know, this isn't as the world turns, but the idea you shouldn't be having these conversations, man. You're trying to get to the NBA Finals, and this isn't the time to be questioning what you're doing as a team. A crack in the armor. Absolutely. Say, or you have some dissension. Right. 
going on. Well, that's a, that's a big factor for Eric Spolster to try and make everybody happy. We talked about it. when you have so many superstars, and, and the NBA is without question the only true superstar-driven league where you can only use one basketball, guys. You right. Know? You have five and players. There's only one ball. There's only one ball. And right. there's five guys trying to get it, and, and our five guys are trying to put it in the hole. Um, and, and it's not like LeBron's taken a lot of shots. He only took 21 shots. Made I don't think 10. Right. I don't think that that's out of the ordinary for a superstar player. Right. You know, we talked earlier in the year when I, when I was looking at the Lakers box scores and I'm seeing Ron Artest or Metal World Peace taking 21 shots right. and Kobe Bryant took 12. Right. I've got a problem with that. that there would be a concern. <laughs> yeah. But Wade took 11. And he only made three. So how many shots does somebody take who's not making anything? When a guy's shooting 28% from the floor, why should I give him more shots? LeBron James being the man, I mean, there, here's the million-dollar question. Does he make his players better or does he make them worse? And, and the idea is I know his stats say that he makes them better, but I'm not buying the argument because unlike Michael Jordan, who would make everyone better, I mean, right. LeBron James, how many times do we see this guy pound the ball just dribbling out front running the shot clock down, everyone's standing around watching to see what he's going to do, and with five seconds to go on the shot clock, he either takes a shot to make it to pad his stats or he'll pass off to get the assist. But the 20 seconds prior to that, no one's moving. Right. And I think that's the point that ba uh, that Wade and or Bosch trying to make. But again, the timing for this couldn't be worse for the Heat. No, that's a good point. And if you look at what Wade's done in the postseason – and what he's done throughout, uh, you know, he had 10 points the last couple of games. He's had um, before that, I don't think he's done very much either. Uh, 10, 10, and 14, I think, are his last three games. So it's not like he's out there going, hey, I'm, I'm hot, I'm on fire, why am I not getting the ball? But that's one of the things that bothers me about the NBA as much as anything else is guys will stand out there and say, that's 24 seconds. I'm going to dribble for 19, right. and then I'm going to take a 25-foot jump shot fading away and wonder why we didn't get a rebound. You know, you talk about you feel in your heart of hearts that the Pacers have a legit shot to win the game tonight. I respectfully disagree. I don't think they stand much of a chance. Uh, I, but, uh, you know, I'm reminded by what Mark Hayes, my buddy here at KSHP, had mentioned earlier that he has a feeling about the Pacers. And I said, listen, that's probably just gas. <laughs> exactly. It should pass. <laughs> and we'll see it tomorrow when the Heat are going to the NBA Finals well, against my San Antonio Spurs. I like the fact that the Spurs are there waiting and resting, drinking their pina coladas. They're up in the, you know, they're in the hammock. And they're just watching the games and watching LeBron stress. Regardless, this has to be very good for the Spurs. Well, it's great for the Spurs because, again, the big thing everyone forgot during the course of the regular season, as good as they were, they were never healthy. But all indications were that, per the timetable, that they would be healthy, hungry, and annoyed come playoff time. And they've done that. I believe they've won 12 out of the 14 games. They swept the Lakers. They lost twice to the Warriors, and then they swept the Memphis Grizzlies. But they've been off since a week ago Sunday, a week ago yesterday. So you have a team that, again, they're going to open on the road, but three of the first five games per the 2-3-2 format, they're going to be at home three of the first five games. Well, and if they, if they, even if they – well, now what happens if Indiana wins? Are the Spurs then? Spurs are hosting. Home, are hosting right, them. Right. So, so it's not an East, Eastern Conference versus a Western Conference. It's actually the record. Right. So it didn't matter who won the All-Star game. I just wanted to make sure we're, <laughs> we're okay. Only in regard. baseball. You know, I mean, the only in baseball. About Dwayne Wade, his last three games, by the way, he's 11 for 34 from the floor. How many more shots you need? At some point, you got to give me better than 30 percent shooting don't you see I, I i agree with you brett i mean i love d weight i mean the guy's a warrior he's proven but he's not healthy 
And right. so I think he needs to check his ego. And my concern is for the Heat fans out there is he's going to try to do too much. And Game 7 for a one-game situation against a very good, sound defensive team in Indiana, it's not the time to go out and make a statement. Now, defer. You... Defer to the best man on the planet, yeah. best basketball player on the planet, LeBron. Well, after, after Game 5, we talked about the fact the series is over. And over because of the fact that the Heat have Game 7 on their home floor, regardless of the spread. They should win tonight. They're, what, a $3.60 favorite tonight, right? To win whatever it opened up on the money well, line. Well, the money line is anywhere from $4 to three sixty. In the islands at Pinnacle, earlier it was minus three forty. South Point, minus three fifty. Pinnacle, the money came back on the heat. It's three forty five. The take back is plus three twenty. So the I the best you can get on the take back, and this is what I always look at. I look at what is the cheapest lay. Right. And what is the best? I'm going to leave that alone. I'm just going to leave that alone. I think there's some places in Spring Mountain, Narville, that might be able to help you out over here. When you lay the money line, when you lay the money line, the cheapest is 340. Okay, and the the best, most lucrative comeback is plus 320. So if you can lay 340 and take back 320, that means the real number is 330. So if you can get better than that, you have positive equity. Equity. So on a big fat money line like that, it's not bad. Whether you take plus 320 or you lay the 340 because you're basically talking 10 cents. Right. Okay, because we know the real number then is 330. And on a, a real big money line like that, there is some value, either laying the 340 or taking plus 320. My personal opinion is I'm a numbers guy. I mean... I'd be hard pressed to think that the Miami Heat will lose on their home court with the best. They have the best player. They have a good coach. They have the reps in their back pocket. David Stern, he is corrupt. Don't kid yourself into thinking that he isn't. The NBA officials are even more corrupt. What does the league want? You think they no, want the Pacers? And it's not fair to Indiana. It's not. So I would say to those of you in Indiana, move, move. <laughs> I mean, who wants to live in Indiana? Who wants to see that? The only it's thing worse than the only on. thing worse than living in Indiana is, is watching in the Pacers in the NBA Finals. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> the uh, by the way, the officials tonight: Mike Callahan, uh, Tim Donahue, Scott Foster, and Ken Mauer. No relation to Joe, I don't believe. Okay, so Joe Mauer, Minnesota Twins, looking go. good, feeling good. By the way, It'd be about as bad as having the Twins in the World Series, but. <laughs> Well, 1987, 1991, Kirby Puckett and the Twins. Ripping that scab off as well. (laughs) By the way, that was the first time ever, ever in the history of the World Series, 1987, that the home team had won all seven games. It had never happened before in nearly 80 plus years of World Series play. The Metrodome, Minneapolis, distinct. I believe they won. Frank Viola, Jack Morris. I think they. Right. I think they. They had that terrible road record, the Twins. Yeah, they're terrible. But they never lost at home, and a la, they won the World yeah, Series. Yeah, some guy named Wes Stricker winning games. You're like, who is this guy? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the Cardinals. Cardinals, actually, that was a World Series where Joe McGrain became the first rookie to start three World Series games. He started game one, five, and seven, or one, four, and seven for the Cardinals as well. That had never happened before either. Very interesting. And, of course, we he lost two of those because we were on the road in game one and game seven. <laughs> you're liking life, man. I know I love it, life. I, I know life that you're a, a Cardinal fan. Yeah. You're wearing red on a day-to-day. This is uh, from last summer. I got a chance to go to St. Andrews, the holy place for golf. Right they on. They spell golf without the L. Golf. Okay. Over there. So. <laughs> 
Well, so you're. Do they still have the best record in baseball? Of you're course, Cardinals? they still have the best record in baseball. Well, we took, we took two I, out I of three you, from the Giants. Three weeks from now, they won't. So enjoy it while, while oh, you, you think can. so. Absolutely. Yeah. What should we wager on this one again? What do you want to wager? <laughs> what do you want? I like wager? my odds. <laughs> I always think bet on three the weeks from today. I always bet on the street. You think three weeks from today the Cardinals will have the best record in baseball still in all of baseball? Ah, who knows? I know. Okay, you're saying that's what I'm saying. No, who will? Well, come on. You I'm, you I'm, playing, I'm, I'm playing the field. You the, I'm not giving you the field. I'm no. playing the field. Well, that's what, that's what your ex-wife said. <laughs> I am not giving Which you. Which one? <laughs> I said, oh, both of them. I'm not going to give you the field. If you want to give me a team, we'll think about a lunch wager of some sort. You know, when you, know. You, you brought up my uh, could be the Astros, one of my ex-wives, <laughs> when I actually first met Robin, I mean, I'm big on visualizing, and I always had a strong vision. And when I first met Robin, I said, you look just like my second ex or oh, I said you look just like my ex-wife and what did I say I don't I don't really know she said well how many times have you been married I said just once I said you look just like my second ex-wife there you go oops so, yeah it that was right, didn't yeah. go over too how about well. my next ex- you're my next ex-girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> we're going to keep things going we're going to we're not going to spend a lot of time on this topic because no one bets and no one cares outside of dink and brett hockey Hockey playoffs, Final Four. We have the Blackhawks up two games to none, I believe, against the L.A. Kings. You're the hockey guru, so you've got uh, two minutes to uh, share. Well, the, the, uh, these guys are laughing. I get two minutes. Thanks for the time. <laughs> oh, did the clock start already? The, uh, the, well, the Blackhawks did what they are supposed to do. They won their first two games at home. Uh, very hard-fought game one. The ironic thing is they played back-to-back. They played Saturday, uh, 2-1 win for the Blackhawks. They played again yesterday, and the Blackhawks win the game 4-2. And they chased Jonathan Quick from the game, the excellent goalie for the Kings. They were, they had a 4 nothing lead. They made a, a, a change in the nets. But the Kings have been great at home. They have not been very good on the road. They've won only one road game thus far. So I'm not shocked that the Blackhawks won the first two games. It'll be interesting to see what how Jonathan Quick reacts tomorrow night for game three after being pulled in game two. Uh, I, I think he was okay with being pulled because he was just having a bad day. A little, Probably a little tired. Needed the rest. Um, I would expect him to play very well again in game uh, game three. But ironically, the first, that was a big... For the standpoint of a total, the under was minus five, minus one fifty-five. Went down to under over under four and a half, and it was six goals in that game, which is probably the highest scoring goal a game a Kings team has had this playoff season. So, is that it? That's it. The that's other series, by the way, the Boston Bruins went into Pittsburgh and won Game One, three three nothing. They'll play Game Two uh, tonight. We're talking sports, sports betting on the Odds Couple, KSHP AM 1400 Radio, live and worldwide on Vegas Video Network. I am all about clarity, so I do want to clarify my earlier statement. When I first met Robin, I said, you look just like my second wife. And she said, how many times have you been married? I said, just once. There you go. That's how it goes. And then your second, you looked at my second ex-wife as well. (laughs) You said that on your wedding day. As it turned out. You said that on your wedding day. (laughs) All right, so <laughs> Scott Pritchard alongside Brett Grant. We're going to bring in the big bad wheel. This is called Spin to Win. We have a big game, Game 7, the Miami Heat taking on the Indiana Pacers. The point spread for the game is 7, Miami favored at home. The smart better checks their ego, checks their emotions at the door. Emotions cloud judgment. We're going to bet with our head, never our heart. I am forced to make an argument for one team. Brett automatically has to make an argument for the other team. Who do I have? You've got the home team. You've Miami got the Heat. fighting LeBrons. 
Miami Heat at home, minus the seven. We already know that the Heat, when they lose, they come back like a house on fire. They come back and not only win, they cover. Now, I expect a good game tonight. I I have to argue the Heat minus the seven. It's probably cheap because they have the best player, LeBron James. They have home court. They have the refs in their back pocket. 20,000 fans on their side. They've got a a pretty good bench. Not great. Birdman is back. He's going to play. Did not play last game. So he's well-rested, if nothing else. He's a very good defender. He's an inspirational, motivational leader of this team. Miami Heat minus the seven at home. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Ring up the ringer. See the cashier. Well, Big Roy Hibbert asserted himself in game six. Uh, Paul George was great. The uh, Ironically, the offense for the Pacers was very, very good, and, and they brought their defensive effort as after the first four games the series went over the total, the last two have gone under because the Pacers have decided we better play some defense if we're going to have a chance to win this series. And I love the way they've been playing the last couple of games. And I, I think it's a spot where you're getting seven points in a Pacer team that is, I think, 6-2 and two in their last eight games against a team with a winning record there. They play very well on the road. They've won and covered two of the three games. They've won one. Covered two of the three games down in Miami. While seven, I'd like to have more than seven points. Um, I think the Pacers keep this very close. And I think if the Heat do win, I think they win between by, by less than seven points. So I, I like this fact they got the points here. You kind of reminded me, though, my friend, of a conversation we had going into game five. You really felt, right. and I understood to a certain degree. I mean, we were aware of the numbers stating that when the heat lose they come back and they win and they cover and they did but you felt like the game would be competitive and it would be close but yet the heat won and covered and but you still think tonight it'll be close well, I like the heat. I like and, and, the and you like the five. Pacers to possibly upset and win the game outright yeah. well you know I was I was I like the Pacers in game five I'm sorry I like the heat in game five I like the heat in game six and they didn't get the job done you were on the other side you had the Pacers and you were obviously correct in that spot I thought the Pacers would just would just, I thought the Heat would get it over with in game six. And let's just move on and give me a good effort. Um, but there's a couple of inter- interesting trends. Uh, the Heat, we talked about this. They're now 10-1 and one in their last 11 games against the spread off a, off a straight-up loss. They don't mess around in the, in the game after a loss. That's a telling statistic, yeah, Brett, because it tells you when you have talent and you get embarrassed and or you lose – you generally respond. The only asterisk I would put by this is the fact that we have some dissension. Okay, right. this isn't the time. I mean, there's no dissension with the Pacers. Right. They're locked and loaded. They know what they're going to do. They're, they're going to bring yeah. the defense, and they're going to stick it to the big boys on the block. It's David versus Goliath. I agree, and I think it's it that factor. You how much handy how much weight do you put into that factor that we got guys sniping at each other? Well, I look at. History has a way of repeating itself. And I look at the Pacers. They've laid a number of eggs when they go on the road. They're a different team when they go on the road, even though you would think that if you bring the energy and the effort and you play defense, you can do that on the road just as easily as you can do it at home. But the numbers bear out that they uh, have not done all that well. I mean, game five, recent current form is what I'm talking about here. But, again, I'm a little concerned for the Heat only from the fact, vantage point, that they're – they have some dissension going on right well, now. Well, current form, the last seven home games for the Miami Heat, they're two and five against the spread, and one and two in this series. Wow! So I thought I was the numbers guy. I'm that's just pretty saying, good. You like that one? Yeah, that's pretty good. 
So. Finally, someone told me something I didn't already know. I'm okay. impressed. You, you should be on ESPN, man. I've been watching ESPN for years. It's like, wow. Or obviously the the broadcasters on a game telling me the score and how much time was left. It's like, really? I, I, I like that. the one where they tell you that uh, the Pacers are going from the left to the right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, As why, why are they giving us the play-by-play in radio? Right. And then when I listen to the radio, when I need some play-by-play, they never tell me anything that I want to know. Well, it's, it's a good point. Like the score. I always, Who I, has the I, ball. I always yell at the guys on TV for talking too much. I said, I can see what's going on. Just exactly. let me know who the foul was on because they might not be able to see. Well, they don't know either, call. but I mute yeah. it. I mute it. And you'd be surprised, just like someone who doesn't see too well, their other senses are heightened. For me, when I mute the TV, it's amazing what I see. You see things objectively without someone barking in your ear, overstating the obvious. I see dead people. Is that what you (laughs) – you and uh, Bruce Willis? (laughs) This is the Odds Couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio. Having a good time, as always, live and worldwide. Vegas Video Network, Scott Pritchard. I'm a professional sports better handicapper featured on my site, pritchardspicks.com, vegasinsider.com, refpicks.com, joined by GM of KSHP, Brett Grant. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come right back. Have you ever thought you should be on the radio? Or have you considered doing an online video show or podcast? If so, now is your only chance to do both at the same time. KSHP and the Vegas Video Network have teamed up to provide the only multi-camera broadcast quality video and live radio simulcast in Las Vegas. And instead of having your show played at some ungodly hour, the KSHP Vegas Video Network partnership is producing shows that play from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Imagine having your own radio show broadcasting to the entire Las Vegas Valley and combine that with an online presence that is viewed in all 50 states and 150 countries, both live and on demand. This is a first and an outstanding opportunity to give voice to your business, your ideas, and your talent. If you'd like your own show on KSHP and the Vegas Video Network, contact us today at 221-1200. That's 221-1200. Welcome back to the Odds Couple on KSHP. Hey, Brett, the camera's always rolling, by the way. I should uh, mention that. <laughs> I wasn't doing what Scott thinks I was doing, by the way. Just so you know. Nice try. Yeah. No, All right. Now, to reach out to us, we would love to have you be a part of the show. Simply email us at oddscouple at vegasvideonetwork.com. That's oddscouple at vegasvideonetwork.com. We also have web-based voicemail. Go to our site, Vegas Video Network. On the right-hand side, a red bar. Click there. Middle of the page, green bar. Hit start recording. We have live chat. It's up and running. Keep those comments, comments, questions. You want to talk sports, sports betting, Get it going with the live chat. We also have the studio line open at 702-221-7283. That's 221-7283. If you miss us live, no worries. Check us out, Vegas Video Network, iTunes, YouTube, Roku. Frustration! That's what I'm talking about. That's my life. Welcome to my world, sports, sports betting. Are you kidding me? Well, it, there's lots of frustration all over the place this weekend. I'm going to go to uh, the the best golfer in the, maybe in the history of the game, Tiger Woods, who took his game to new heights over the weekend. And usually that would be a good thing. But in golf, new heights, that means a higher score, not so good. <laughs> Tiger on Saturday afternoon started his round on the back nine uh, at uh, the Memorial Tournament. He, and uh, he started on hole 10. 
and played the back nine. Tiger went, I'm just going to read his scores to you. This sounds like you at, at, while playing miniature golf. Ready? <laughs> four, five, five, four, four, seven, three, five, seven. Tiger Woods made two sevens. He shot 44 on the front nine of his round on Saturday. The highest nine-hole score in the history of Tiger's career. I shot 41 yesterday. That's all I'm going to say. Angel Park, Scandia, miniature golf? Scandia. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Tiger, 44. I mean, he, made, he made a triple bogey. He made a, two doubles, a triple, and a bogey. I have a new hero. He's, he's trying to play like I am, for crying out loud. So, Tiger, for shooting yourself in the foot, in the mouth, in the head on Saturday, he's done it all. I don't think he's got anything left to shoot these days. But 44, are you kidding me with that nine holes on Saturday? Josh Hamilton, are you kidding me? They signed this clown from Texas. He was the man. He was batting, in 2010 at one time, he was batting 359. Josh Hamilton. They picked him up in the offseason, the Los Angeles Angels. The guy's clicking along at about 212, 215, a few home runs. He strikes out, doesn't seem to care. He's aloof. That's his personality. I don't care about that. I care about what the numbers show. I was in Anaheim. I, I went to the game Friday night, Saturday night, and it just occurred to me as I'm sitting behind just to the right of home plate, great seat, Josh Hamilton, left-handed batter, steps into the batter's box, and they put on the shift. Defensively, the Houston Astros put on the shift. They're basically saying, hey, megastar, we're going to embarrass you on your home field. Now, we know that he's a dead pull hitter. We know that he's facing a right-handed pitcher, and he tries to pull everything. We know that the shortstop is playing on the other side of second base. We know the third baseman now is way past where the shortstop would be. Right. All right? All you have to do is slap it to third base and you have a double. All right. All right. Forget that. How about bunt and you walk? You crawl to first base. It's for the betterment of your team. So what does Josh Hamilton do? I'm Josh Hamilton. A swing and a miss. A swing and a miss. A swing and a miss. Are you kidding me? And more than likely, none of those three pitches were strikes. Well, I, I think it, maybe one was. Yeah. But that's the one he really missed. Well, you know, I, I, I played baseball not very well, but I played it. I was left-handed. And one of the things I always did when I stepped in the batter's box was I would look around to see where the outfielders or, and the infielders were positioned. And I would be able to hit the ball where they weren't. Why is it so hard for a major league player, a professional, to be able to say, wow, you're going to give me, okay, there's 90 feet between second base and third base. 90 feet. And the third baseman is probably a good 50 feet away from third base. I've got 50 feet. Let's give the guy maybe the ability of range of 15 feet. Now I've got 35 feet of space to smack a ball down the left field line. All you got to do is wait on the ball, throw your hands out there, and smack it to left field. You're right. But these guys insist on – I mean, it, it happens not just Josh Hamilton, but, uh, you know, uh, Big Poppy, uh, Ryan Howard, big left-handed swinging guys. They play that shift Barry with those Bond guys. back in the day. And it's yeah. like, come on, guys. Drive the ball down the left field line. Even if you hit a couple foul, 
it at least will give the other team Keep the impression honest. you're trying to spray it around the ballpark. And the best hitters in baseball are guys that are able to spray it around the ballpark. Right. I mean, Albert Pulos is struggling right now. He's not healthy. But he's a guy who hit for power, hit for average, and sprayed the ball all over the ballpark when he was in St. Louis, not so much last year or this year because I think he's been hurt. But Hamilton's been a guy where I thought the Angels – took $25 million and flushed it down the toilet. They had other needs much more pressing than another bat in their lineup. They've got plenty of offense. They don't have is plenty of pitching. And they'll send a guy to the mound today who's 1-8 against the Joe Astros. Blanton. He's 1-8, yeah. and he's one of your starting pitchers. And you're supposed to be one of the best teams in baseball. Uh, and you're seven games under 500. And you're going to send a guy out there who's 1-8. and eight. So, to me, there's proof positive of they have bigger problems than uh, needing another hitter. Just a bad signing. I think that the Houston Astros did a good thing by really overselling the the shift. Right. Okay. But it's probably a good thing I'm not managing the Astros because I would just say, you know what, Josh Hamilton, I would probably take my seven fielders and put them all between second base, first base, and between center field and right field. Go for it, Right, exactly. But maybe that's why no one's calling me to manage a team. But it's like, really? I mean, I'm telling you, it was so blatantly obvious. He had the whole half of the field. Right. And yet he's swinging for the fences to right field. Yeah, it makes no sense. You're listening to The Odds Couple on KSHP. Studio line is open, 702-221-7283. What else do we have? I see that Grand Hill, after 18 years, walked away from the NBA. I'm just trying to think of a player less significant than Grant Hills. <laughs> I mean, this guy has not been significant since he played for Duke. I mean, this well, he guy... he was all right with the Pistons, weren't they, when they first no, started? No, no, he's never been. Didn't good. they win a championship when he was part he's of the He's never team? been just anything. Asking. No, you okay. can ask, but I'm just, I'm telling you, Grant Hill, I, I'm just, it just goes to show, it's, it's, he's the Joe Flacco. If you don't make mistakes, if you, uh, Grant Hill, a nice guy, that's great. But it just goes to show, if you don't ruffle any feathers, if you get along with people, you stay in shape. I'm starting to think that's why maybe I'm not exactly. in the NBA. Something about it does not it's, work well with others. It's the anti-Scott. Anti -Scott. But maybe that's why I don't like Grant Hill. Exactly. Because he survived in the NBA for 18 years by getting along with people and staying in shape, but being insignificant. All He was the rookie of the year. Nothing right. since. Nothing since. Mm -hmm. He got 12 guys on a team. Somebody's got to be the 12th man or the 11th man. We never see those guys except during warm-ups. We have the 6th man like of the year award. Why not a 12th man of the year award? Yeah. How about the best guy in warm-ups? Well, this year that had been Derek Rose. But <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's great. The point. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> so, Grant Hill walks away after 18 years. I want to talk about Hibbert for the Pacers. I mean, it's a free country, but apparently he crossed the line, uh, racial, uh, no, a uh, gay slur, $75,000, and then he calls out Jason Collins and apologizes. It's like, man, if you're going to say something, can't you just own it? Right. Should he be apologizing to all gay people as opposed exactly. to just Jason Collins? Exactly, just calling Collins? out the one basketball guy yeah. who's come out. I He's mean. the only guy he knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I think he got fined for talking about the fact that you guys, you talking about somebody asked him a question about the fact that he didn't get uh, some kind of award and he's saying and he was yelling at the reporters saying you effers don't even watch us play in indiana and he's right but david west did win the most improved player of the year didn't he so somebody's watching the pacers this year um so i think that's why he got fined and then of course he stuck his foot in his mouth and had to apologize for the basically he just said that uh, he's that, that guy's no homo that's all he said right 
I shouldn't say. I, it's I don't said, really. I don't said, really right? watch. I, I don't. Either. I don't really. Other than what I've read, but I again, I have an opinion based on what I read, and I have to say, I love Roy Hibbert. I mean, this guy is a man's man. I mean, this is a guy who got clocked in the private area. He got right, clocked. Right. It was a cheap shot, and after the game, he said, "Bring it! I'm." Playing for an NBA championship, and I'll put my junk on the table <laughs> again. Okay. I mean, that takes some should, courage to say. You're an athletic supporter. <laughs> so it's like, You're wow. You're a large athletic it's supporter, like, aren't you? <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, this guy is the real deal. Right. He really wants yeah. to win the title. Well, we'll I see mean, because we'll you get clocked, what, and it's he, like, you said, bring it. He might be able to jump higher than he's ever jumped before. He's $75,000 lighter. If <laughs> his wallet's lighter, he'll be able to jump through the building. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. So we'll we're talking sports, sports Also, uh, not to interrupt, I'm sorry, but Jason Kidd uh, announced his retirement, but you had a, a take on that. Jason Kidd retired? Yeah. Well, he retired two years ago. He just <laughs> didn't tell anybody. Okay. It's kind of like in life, my friend, if I could get philosophical with those viewers and listeners. I mean, I know a lot of people that die at age 25, but they wait till 85 to get buried. That's true. It's as they say, get busy living or get busy dying. Shawshank Redemption, one of the ah, great, that's uh, right. great movies. Good, yes. 19, that movie, Shawshank Redemption, was movie, movie of the year, right. tied with what other movie? Ooh, I have no idea. Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Oh, Forrest Gump. 1994. I remember it like it was 19 years ago. Well, to me, the best era for when you I, – I've stopped really watching the Academy Awards in recent times. But the 1970s, the the plethora of movies that won Best Picture from 1970 to 1979. Poseidon was, Adventure, no, 1970. So. The Godfather, The Godfather 2, Deer Hunter, Kramer versus Kramer, Rocky. I just, you know, fantastic. Movie. Jaws. Annie, Annie Hall, great movies. Yeah, no, I don't think Jaws won. I don't think Jaws won. <laughs> but Shawshank Redemption, I, I enjoy a lot. Although I don't like Tim Robbins, but I do like that movie. Interesting. Interesting. Actually, I think I think it was, if I remember right, I could be wrong. I think that Forrest Gump won Best Picture, and yet Shawshank Redemption. I loved them both, yeah. but I mean, come I think on. Forrest probably it did just win. one of those things where Hart trumps anything else. Yeah. Because Shawshank Redemption. Forrest Gump was excellent as well. It was. Yeah. All right. Well, we talk about everything here yeah, sure. on The Odds Couple. We solve life's problems. Any questions, comments, dial us up, 702-221-7283, Scott Pritchard, Pritchardspicks.com. Go to my site, sign up for free picks. Brett, I think this is a part of the show. Let's do this one time. Okay. Let's put money in people's pocket. We're going to put you on the right side. Well, recapping uh, on Friday, I know you were driving, Scott. You were in transit, breaking the law. Probably speeding as well. Yeah, I made it in three and a half hours. Did you have the electric razor going, a cup of coffee, the cell phone, anything else? You were in California, maybe a bong. It all works. No, that's about it. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's about it. Yeah. I did the same thing the week before, three and a half hours uh, to get to Los Angeles. It was nice. Great. Going that direction. But on Friday, uh, Anthony Padilla and myself – both chose the same game. And I believe now I am 2-0 and all time in the history of the show when I go directly against one of you guys. You can't touch me. You can't touch me. Do, <laughs> I'll do, book do, your do. action anytime you want me to. That's how impressed no, I am. I've got comeback for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but Anthony had the under. I had the over. The game lasted six hours or something like that, but Toronto uh, went over, and we had that one. Uh, I had that one accurate. So Anthony is now on a – is he on a two-game losing streak or is he now one and one? No, Anthony lost one game He's now one and two in his last three weeks. 
Right, exactly. Okay. I like that. <laughs> Reminded <laughs> of that. I'm going to go to a baseball game, a light schedule today in baseball, but let's go to the Bronx where there's a struggling team in the New York Yankees against a team that I really like in the Cleveland Indians today. The Yankees open up a $1.20 favorite. Andy Pettit on the mound against Justin Masterson for the Indians. Uh, I like the Indians in this side, plus 110. In fact, Scott, you'll be so proud of me. The money has moved in my direction. It's now... That's even. the mark of a sharp player. Sharp you've been bucking the trend, and you've been going against the move, but right. you've been winning. Okay, ultimately it's about cashing tickets, but long right. term, you want to be on the move, my friend. So I'm happy to know that you have an opinion, and the money is on your side. Those two variables, short term, anything's possible, but long term, you're going to be just fine. Masterson has been very good. He's 8-3 and three overall, a whip of about 1.1 for the season, uh, and he's just been terrific. He's there without question he is clearly the race and it's also the return of nick swisher to yankee stadium against a yankee team that has gone i think 20 innings right now 20 innings without an extra base hit 20 innings how many 20 i heard you the first seven times thank 20. you 20 20 all right anything else young man i mean brett yes that's me that's it 20. don't you like it when someone 20 older than you innings. <laughs> 20 Wow. It's like it's like the old donut shop. It says open twenty four hours. The guy goes there at three o'clock in the morning. And it's closed. The guy says you says you're open twenty four hours, and the, and the guy says not in a row. <laughs> so there you go. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to my right side, I want to recap what I did last week. I'm on a two game losing streak. Uh-oh. Are you kidding me? That's the bad news. The good news. I'm still thirteen and six. 13 and 6 my last 19 games after being 13 and 4 lost my last two I like a total today the Angels they're at home against the Houston Astros based on what I saw this weekend based on current form we know the Angels have been the best over team the entire season but that was then this is now it's all about current form what have you done lately and for the Angels Nothing. They haven't done anything other than frustrate me. Betting them on the money line, that will not happen again. Or on the, not the money line, but the run line. I'm looking at the total. I like the under. We have Bedard against Blanton. They're both average on their best day. That's probably being generous. But I feel that the Astros can't pitch. They can't hit in spite of what they've done here against the Angels, in spite of what they've done actually in their last seven games. It's been pretty impressive for the Houston Astros. I think they come back to earth tonight. I think the Angels are going to continue to struggle hitting the ball a little bit. I mean, you look at Bedard, he's a lefty. The Angels struggle, but they really struggle against lefties. Nine is a bit happy. I like under nine. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And uh, uh, to your saying about follow the money, that total now has dropped to eight and a half. So, has it really? Because yeah. I know this morning when I came much. here, they they shaded it from nine. Last night it was nine. This morning, nine under 15, nine under 20 gives you an indication which way it's going. So now you're saying it's eight and a half. On what I see. Okay. Right All right. One outlet. Yeah, that's why it pays to shop. You should have outs in the islands. You should have outs here in Las Vegas. You're a bookmaker at the corner bar in Dubuque. Wherever you might be, the whole world is betting. It's an illegal activity, you know, outside of the state of Nevada. I hope you know this. That guy in Dubuque is not legal? That guy in Dubuque, he surprisingly does enough. a mean sandwich, though. Well, there's no yeah. doubt about that. Got to have those guys. Well, I want to talk now a little bit about... Uh, wins, winning streaks, losing streaks, baseball. We have the Chicago White Sox. Their offense inept. They've right. lost six Oof. consecutive games. Chicago. Well, and they have, and the and the A's. Um, even though they don't have a streak that's worth talking about necessarily in a row, but the A's have won nine of ten, and they have handed these White Sox most of those losses as well. 
Well, the Houston Astros, I mean, who would have thought we'd be talking about the Houston Astros, a team with a $27 million payroll, the lowest in baseball. They have a five-game winning streak. Well, thanks to the Angels. Right. So we're talking now. I want to talk about Dwight Howard. Okay. You know, because the Lakers. All anyone ever They're does Los talk okay. about are the Lakers, and here we are talking about Dwight Howard. I mean, well, Dwight, will you just politely go away for a while? I mean, this is the off season for you. He now is talking about the fact that he, during the course of this season, he was seeing a psychiatrist. Oops. It, you know, it's Dwight Howard is now getting to be like. Remember uh, back when uh, Brett Favre was playing just a couple of years ago? Drama queen, yeah. Well, it's like every every day there was it was like the Favre watch. Whether guys are going to his house to convince him to come off the farm and kill Mississippi to come and play. Now we're now we're talking about Dwight Howard every day. The media needs better things to do. They need to, to ignore some of these guys. And I think they say, I, you know what you are media whores, and we're not going to cover you anymore. We got better things to do. Speaking of which, Lionel Hollins, great coach yeah. for the Memphis Grizzlies, talks of breaking down. Doesn't sound like he's going to be coaching the Grizzlies. They're far apart. I don't think he'll have any trouble picking up a coaching position. Well, that's a pra- he, now Lionel Hollins does not want to leave. He says he wants to be the the coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. But uh, and I think he did a very good job, especially the fact that he really had no bench to speak of this year and took that team farther than they've ever gone before. Um, is it? It's a matter of money. Is that what it's coming down to? It can't be. No unhappiness. No, it is unhappiness. That's amazing to me. Just, yeah, exactly. It's the what, egos. What have the Grizzlies ever done? It's the egos of the front office. And again, this is the front office that traded away his best player right. and his bench, and he still made the playoffs and won fifty some games. So I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's great. I really don't. I think he's good. Personality conflicts. Again, Grand Hill, he'd still be coaching. But Lionel Hollins is a man's man. He's an alpha male, and he's going to run things the way he wants to run them. He's going to be successful doing it, if not Memphis, somewhere else. Well, the question is, will he have a job somewhere else this next year? What other jobs are open right now? Well, the Clippers. Clippers, yeah. I mean, but you have to go through Chris Paul. You have to uh, meet with him to see. meet with the pontiff. Exactly. CP3. But it's just amazing that CP3 would get defensive and say, I can't believe the media is blaming me for not having Vinny Del Negro's back. It's like, no kidding. He was so involved a year ago. He's involved with what goes on. They're trying to recruit him as a free agent. Without CP3, the Clippers have no shot at doing anything. This has been the Odds Couple for my good buddy Brett Grant, GM here at KSHP. My name is Scott Pritchard. I'm a professional sports better handicapper. You can check out the Odds Couple every day, Monday through Friday, 10A to 11 a.m. Check me out, Pritchard'sPicks.com, VegasInsider.com, RefPicks.com. Good luck and goodbye.